Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Now draw on the strength of the Lord. Draw on the strength of your God. Draw on the strength of the Spirit that I've placed within you. Draw on the Word that is in your heart and you will find strength above your ability. You will find that which I've deposited in you to be more than enough to face any circumstance, situation, or problem you are facing. So rise up in my strength today. Speak to weakness. Speak to lack. Speak to inability. And say, I serve the greater one. I serve the greater one. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the earth. And you shall see victory shall speedily come your way. And the blessing of God shall come upon your life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, we're speaking about devil, you're not getting my stuff. Everybody say devil, you're not getting my stuff. We're studying the mind. This is the place where the adversary begins his warfare to steal from you anything you'll let him have. Now listen to what I just said. To steal from you anything you will let him have. You say, well, what does that mean? He can't have it if you won't let him. He can't have your health. He can't have your finances. He can't have your business, your job. He can't have, listen, he can't have your marriage. He can't have your peace. He can't have your joy unless you give it to him. So he begins this, this fight, this warfare in the mind. We see two accounts in the Bible where God kind of pulls back the veil and we see this, this, this warfare in operation. The first time we see it is in Genesis chapter 3 with the woman in which literally Satan appears in the form of a servant and begins to speak things into her mind. Well, that caused us all a problem. That's why humanity fell, is because of what Satan imparted into her mind. But thank God, about 4,000 years later, Jesus, after he came out of the, uh, out of the uh, wilderness and the enemy tried to run the same scheme on him, thank God he overcame the devil. Amen. So we're going to go back and look at that, but let's look at 2 Corinthians first. Verse 3, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now let me just say this. I wish I would have received this teaching when I was about 12, 13, or 14 years old. Because, man, it would have it helped me a lot to not let the devil into my mind when I was a young person. How many, how many of the same way? You wish you could have got some teaching on that when you was a kid. And, and, and then applied it. Amen. Well, thank God God can catch us up. He can have mercy and grace on us. And He can help us in the areas in which we need help. So we're in a warfare. Now listen, this warfare is not to try to beat up the devil or, or, to, or to destroy the devil. The devil's already been defeated. I said the devil's already been defeated. This warfare, now remember what a warfare is. A warfare is a conflict without a determined outcome. The warfare has to take place before there's a determined outcome. In all the wars of the, of the previous uh, uh, century, uh, World War I, World War II, and then there was you know, confusion over other wars, but there had to be an outcome. Now with this, that means in every one of our minds, listen to me, in every one of our minds, there is a conflict. 
without a determined outcome. But God has done everything He needs to do to empower us to be victorious in this conflict. Amen? So we have to, number one, recognize there is an adversary and he's going to bring a fight to your mind. He's going to bring a fight to your mind. Now listen, why is he doing that? He is trying to keep you ineffective in the kingdom of God. Everything, listen, everything God does for you preaches. Let me say that again. Everything God does for you preaches. It preaches to your loved ones. It preaches to your co-workers. It preaches to your neighbors. I don't mean you go next door, knock on the door and say, now you stand here 15 minutes, I'm going to preach to you. I don't mean that. I mean when healing comes and prosperity comes and blessing comes. People see that. People wonder, how did you get that? People wonder, how did you do that? They wonder those things. They know something's going on in your life that's above what they're able to achieve in their own life because they're doing everything. They're striving to do everything they can do to, quote, fulfill the American dream. And here you go, just believe in God. Amen. That preaches to people. So the enemy is going to do his best to shut down your effectiveness in the kingdom and he begins by coming into your mind. And I'm telling you, sometimes that warfare can be so intense. And listen, because you serve God for a long period of time, I've been serving God now for 35 years. Because you live in the Word of God, because you pray in the Holy Ghost every day, because you tithe and offer does not exempt you from that, many times that causes that warfare to go to even a greater level. I know I fought some things the past three or four years that were just intense spiritual warfare in my mind. I mean intense. You say, you really believe that? I don't believe that. I know that. I've had to stand in faith. I've had to speak to my mind. I've had to quit listening to some things. I've had to quit observing some things. I've had to quit thinking some things. And I've had to start thinking some new things in order to overcome or to stay in the preeminence in that warfare. Now, you say, well, how long will that go on? Till you die. Till you go to heaven. You will be in this fight till you go to heaven. But here's the good news. The fight's already been won for you. All you've got to do is enter into the victory. Amen. So the Bible says the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. They're, they're, they're not military weapons. So I tell you, I'm going to go out and get me a gun today. Well, you know, you're not going to do any good. You can't shoot the devil with a gun. You can't shoot demons with a gun. I like what one preacher said years ago. He said, if I was God, I, I'd kill the devil, invite all the demons to the funeral and kill all of them when they got there. Then he made this statement. He said, that's why I'm not God. <laughs> Amen. So we have weapons. Everybody say, we have weapons. Now notice this. They're, they're, they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We, we determined that strongholds were what? Intricate patterns of thought. Very complicated that we developed. Uh, phobias and fears, insecurities. All these things the enemy tries to hold us and press us down with. They must be identified in your life. I said they must be identified in your life. Listen, you've got to realize that God will grow you up in certain situations that maximizes the potential of His ability in your life to overcome that which the devil is trying to destroy your mind with. Now let me give you an example. When I was right out of Bible school, the summer of 1985, the Lord 
spoke to me about leaving Lakewood Church, where I was a member and a Bible school graduate, and going to a church that had 30 people that met in a funeral home. Now, for years, I wanted the why. I wanted the why. Why'd you do that, Lord? I loved the church I went to. I loved the pastor. I loved being there. I saw myself being there the rest of my life. The Lord spoke to me and said, the potential of the gifting of God. Now, this has just been in the past few years. He said, the potential of the gifting of God in you would never have been developed there. So I had to take you somewhere else where that potential could be developed. Well, I understood it then. Because when I left the church of 5,000 and went to the church of 30, I had to do some growing up. I had to do some mind renewal. Come on, church. I had to enter into some things in the Word of God. I had to know and understand that God is trying His best to help me break some strongholds in my mind. Thank God He did. Amen. And I, listen, going to the church with 30 people, you know, the first two or three months seemed like some great sacrifice. But after 15 years, it turned out to be one of the greatest blessings of our life. Amen? So don't get mad at where God sends you or where God places you or where God plants you. Say, well, I did. God may be bringing you to a place where He knows that's where I can grow them up. That's where I can get them in things in the Spirit. That's where I can get the Word into them. And that's where they can maximize the potential of what I put in their life. Amen? That was from the Holy Ghost. I'd never thought of that in my life. <laughs> Amen? Now here's, here's the empowerment. Here's your empowerment. Casting down imaginations. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Now let me, let me read that again. Casting down. You say, what do you, what do you mean by that, Pastor? God is wanting to empower you with His weapons so that you have the power to cast down every imagination or high thought that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God in your life. Now, listen. The knowledge of God in your life says this. You're saved by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and your confession of faith. God wants to make sure that in your mind that thinking stays preeminent. Not only that, according to Isaiah 53, according to Matthew chapter 8, according to 1 Peter, according to all the other healing scriptures, you are the healed of God. See, Satan wants to take and exalt the thought of sickness and disease over the thought of healing and deliverance. You've got to cast it down. He wants, listen, all the different prosperity scriptures about God, how God has blessed you, how God has taken and given you an abundant supply, how God has made you rich. The word rich does not, you know, we have in our mind, you know, people that are, that are, that are these jet setters. No, the, rich, the word rich means to be abundantly supplied in every area. Amen. See, but God wants, the, the devil wants to, to exalt the thought of poverty over that. I'm not going to make it. I don't think I'm going to make it at my job. I don't think I'm going to have enough, enough money for Christ. See, he's trying. You've got to fight that. You've got to cast that imagination down. And then in my life, I had all kinds of addictions and problems and, and, and fears and phobias and insecurities. And all of them were trying to exalt themselves against the knowledge of God in my life. And the enemy was, doing, uh, was using imaginations to try to get those thoughts to empower him to do that in me. How many, how many are in that fight? Every hand ought to go up. 
We are all in that fight. Amen? Now, go back. We were there last week. Go back to Matthew chapter 4. Great example. Best example in the Bible. Let me start with verse 17 of chapter 3. That's the last verse of chapter 3. And then I'll read into chapter 4. It says, In lower voice from heaven, this is that Jesus, he was baptized of John. The, The heavens opened. The Spirit of God came upon him. And a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Everybody say identity. Say identity. Now God has given you an identity. It is a brand new identity. You are a new creature. You are a child of God. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You are more than a conqueror. You share His holiness. You share His healing. You share His joy, His peace, His everything about... Listen, the, the, the new birth is a great identity exchange. God took who you were in Adam's fallen curse and pulled that out of you and put a brand new creature on the inside. Glory to God. Now the enemy wants to fight that. That begins right here. Chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led up the Spirit into the wilderness... To be tempted of the devil, notice the spirit led, but it was the devil that tempted. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. And when the tempter came to him, now notice this, he said, now notice this, if thou be the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. Now this begins the temptation of the mind and the different realms in which these temptations come. Number one, physical. Everybody say physical. Greatest temptations of your adversary in your mind which come to the physical realm have to do with appetites. Man has an appetite for many things. When I say man, I mean mankind. He has an appetite for food. He has an appetite for reproduction. He has an appetite for sleep. He has an appetite for security. He has an appetite for acceptance. Everybody with me? We could probably list several others. But there's an appetite in humanity for these things. And any time the new creature is tempted by the adversary to fulfill these appetites some other way, that's the temptation. So, Pastor, I tell you, I'm going through some stuff right now. I love God. I tell you, I love God. I love coming to Island Church. I love singing the songs. I love giving in the offering. I love it all. But I tell you, I go through some things sometimes. I just just, got to have a drink. I just I, I got to have three or four more martinis, you know. Uh, just, and once everything's over, I, I don't drink anymore. But I need that. I've got to have that. Now, I know it may look like a pacifier or a crutch, but listen, that's just the way I am. No, that's not the way you are. Because the enemy can use that to keep you into a bondage and to build back an addiction that God's already been delivered you from. Amen? So you've got to make a decision to oppose the temptation of the flesh the same way Jesus did. Now notice this. He said, if thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. And Jesus answered. Thank you, Lord, I'll do that. You've got to answer your thoughts. Don't let them just flow through your mind like a sewer. Why you say, why'd you say a sewer? Because that's the only thing the enemy's got is trash. Amen? 
You know, he'll start on you. He'll start on insecurities. He'll start on all these things. And then, then, then he'll get real spiritual and talk about how you're not worthy and how you're not righteous and how this. That's why you got to sit under some good teaching. People that tell you who you are and what you can do and what you have in Christ Jesus. you got to have somebody speaking that constantly into your life. Then you have to answer these thoughts. Listen, I don't let thoughts go through my mind without answering them. I answer them. I tell the devil, I don't think like that. Or I, look, or I tell him this, I'm not that person anymore. That person's dead and gone. He died on the cross with the Lord Jesus Christ and God's put a new creature in Christ in this body. You've got to answer. Jesus answered. Now notice how he answered. He said, but he answered and said, it is written. Here's your most powerful weapon. The most powerful weapon that any new creature can yield against your adversary is the Word of God that is in your heart and in your mouth. You've got to speak the Word to your mind. I said you've got to speak the Word to your mind. And let me get, while we're at it, since we're talking about the flesh, you've got to speak it to your appetite. You've got to speak it to the temptation. You've got to say, I'm not going to do it. Listen, if you just sit there passive, then the thoughts will create or cause the appetite to increase. But it's not until you begin to speak to it. Say, no, no, I'm delivered from the power of darkness. I'm delivered from drugs. I don't need them. I'm delivered from alcohol. I don't need it. I'm delivered from pot. I don't need it. I'm delivered from these things. I don't need it in Jesus. You've got to, it's got to come out of your mouth. David said in Psalms 91, I will say of the Lord. Mark 11, 22, 23. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. Many times the mountain is made up of the thoughts the enemy is putting into your mind. And if you will allow him, he will turn up the volume. It's almost like a fire hose going through your head of all the thoughts, financial thoughts, family thoughts, the kids' thoughts, the job's thoughts, the holidays are coming. And next thing you know, you can't even get any rest or sleep at night because you're laying in the bed worrying because the enemy has stimulated your mind to a worry level. And you, know, you can't worry. Everybody say, I can't worry. Worry is a sin. Say, worry is a sin, so I'm not going to sin, I'm not going to worry. Worry, listen, worry is doubt and manifestation in your mind. Well, Pastor, I just worry about things. Don't do it! See, let me say, people have worried so much without choice. Now, let me say it again. People have worried so much without choice they do not realize that worry is a choice. Now let me say that again. People have worried so much without choice, they do not realize that worry is a choice. And God wants to empower you to make the choice. Let me try that one again. God wants to empower you to make the choice. Amen. So, everybody say, I'm not going to worry. And the devil's not going to steal my joy. Verse 5, then the devil, boy the devil's active, isn't he? He taketh them up into the holy city, and setteth them up on the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands shall they bear thee up, lest at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against a stone. Say what? Now you got the devil preaching. 
Amen? Now, here is temptation that comes into the mind. The mind, the intellect, amen? All of a sudden, the enemy is trying to stimulate his reasoning ability. Now listen to me. By trying to get him to do something that according to the Word of God, God has to bail him out. Now listen. I've always been of the opinion, and it's worked for me, I don't get out in front of God. I stay behind Him. I'm real good at playing catch-up. You say, well, Pastor, it looks like in your, in your life and your ministry you need to play a little catch-up. I'm good at it. I can play catch-up real good. Because I found out as long as you stay behind God, He empowers you to catch up with Him. But if you get out, now listen to me, if you get out in front of God... You can do something, enter into something that he can't get you out of. You say, now wait a minute, Pastor. I thought you said nothing was impossible with God. Well, there are some things that you make impossible. Adam and the woman got out in front of God and did something that it took God 4,000 years to redeem mankind of. I've seen preachers do it. I've seen businessmen do it. I've seen people say, well, bless God, I'm just, I'm sick and tired of this going away. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna jump out and I'm just gonna do this and bless God. God will bless us. We'll be okay. You can't do that. Amen. You can't do that. I mean, you don't know how many times I've had to fight the warfare in my mind of the enemy saying, look, you got good credit in the bank. Just go down to the bank. You don't have to borrow five million dollars to get that building started. Just borrow a couple of million just to keep things going. It'll be okay. I'm not gonna do that. That's throw yourself down off the temple. God didn't tell me to do that. I said God didn't tell me to. Listen, if God hasn't told you to do it, just stay steady. You say, well, pastor, what if years go by? Let years go by. Because the years that go by, you live in joy, you live in peace, you live in safety. Then when God does tell you to do it, He knows you have the faith to do it. Quoting scripture. Well, I'll tell you, he's a rat, isn't he? The next one, verse 7, the spiritual temptation. Jesus said unto him, it is, uh, this is him fighting that, that temptation of the mind. It says, uh, Jesus said unto him, it is written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Now notice this, again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and all the glory of them, and said unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Now worship enters into this situation. Can I get a better amen than that? Now I wrote this down. Remember, I wrote it sideways. because I don't have any more room. <laughs> this threat in your mind exposes true plans and forces you to choose between God and Satan. Now let me, let, me, let me help you real quick. Satan is not the one that should be presenting you with choices in your life. Now let me say that again. Satan is not the one that should be presenting you with choices in life. So when he does come with a choice, you know and you understand this is the height of spiritual warfare in my mind right here. 
You know, every day, I still, I, I, I still choose to read the Word. I still choose to pray. I still choose to live righteous. I still choose to live holy. I still choose to pastor Island Church. I still choose to be a good husband to my wife, to be a good father to my child, to be whatever I need to be in my community, to be a good example. I choose to do that. And anytime the enemy tries to raise something else up in my life that presents what God has already established into a two-choice scenario, you've got to recognize that for what it is. It is the two wills of life. So, well, I got my own will. Yeah, you do, buddy. You got your own will, and it is wrapped up in the devil. Oh, you can't say that about me. I'm a good person. Listen, there's God's will, there's the devil. We'll say, I think there's a third. There's my will. No, your will is wrapped up in the iniquity of your mind and your flesh. The iniquity of your spirit has been severed and broken and you've got to use that power to overcome the iniquity of your mind and flesh so that every choice you make is a God choice. Now let's break this down just a moment. (laughs) Number one, who's making this offer? Now come on, let's 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 just be Christians for just a moment here. Who is making this offer? The devil! Duh! (laughs) I don't know if you're supposed to say that or not, but I've said it, amen. The devil! So, do you think... Now, number one, this was a legitimate temptation. At that time, Satan was the ruler of every kingdom upon this earth. He's not anymore. I'm telling you, Jesus spoiled principalities, powers, made a show of them openly. Somehow, some way, Satan knew this guy can take away my authority. This guy can take away my power. If he does it God's way, it's going to render me totally ineffective in the lives of anybody that chooses to follow this guy right here. This guy right here is a threat to me. Now, that, eventually, that's what you want the, the devil to say, say about you. This guy, this gal, they're a threat to me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put all my chips in. I don't like to use that term, but I did. I'm going to slide them all across the table. And I'm going to, listen, I'm going to tell him, look, listen, I know, I know you are the Word of God. I know you're the one that threw me out of heaven. I know you're the one that's going to defeat me. I know, I know all of this. But here's a, I've got a shortcut to what you're trying to get. I've got to show I can do it another way and I can make it easy. Now, number one, do you think Satan would have, would have followed through on his promise? Is he the one that keeps the promises? Is he's the one whose word never fails? That's why it's such a trap. That's why there's such deception to... He'll tell you, I'm going to make you the star. I'm going to make you... Fa-. I heard a guy the other day was on the, 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 the a television program I was watching, and he was talking about selling his soul to the devil. He said he did. He was a musician. He said, I sold my soul to the devil to be who I am right now. And I looked at him, I thought, well, you ain't much. (laughs) He had money, he had fame, but he was a fool. I tell you, he's a fool. The Bible says a fool has said within his heart there is no God. Now listen. There's a path for you. 
There's a way to live. There's a way to go. There's a way to function in the earth today in victory, in, in, in peace, and in joy. Doesn't mean you're not going to have any fights. Doesn't mean you're not going to have any problems. Not, doesn't mean no situations are coming to your life. But it means out of every problem, every situation, every circumstance, you're going to have a way out. Amen? Now, then Jesus said unto him, Get thee hence Satan. Now he goes into the realm of authority. Which means in the area of the temptation when it comes to the will of God for your life, you have to use authority. I can remember when Lee and I had made the decision to shut down our field ministry and begin Island Church. There was a place in there in which we had no church and had no meetings. We had no church. We had no meetings. We had canceled our meetings. We had shut down our field ministry. We had put our building up for sale. We had no church. We had no meetings. We lived by faith. We were in the ministry. We had no church. We had no meetings. Listen, the enemy was trying to ravage our minds. How are you going to pay your bills? What are you going to do? What are you going to do now? You don't have a church? God told you to start a church in Galveston. You ain't got no church in Galveston. You ain't started no church in Galveston. And now you went and shut all your meetings down and put your building up for sale. What are you going to do this Sunday? What do you do then? You're in a fight when it comes to the will of God. That's when you have to take... I can remember saying, Devil, in the name of Jesus, you get out of my mind. To the best of my ability, I'm doing everything I can do to obey God. I'm not going to listen to your rhetoric. I'm not going to listen to your, to your uh, rationalization. I'm not going to listen to your temptation. We are doing exactly what we believe God has called us to do. I will not listen to you. In Jesus' name, get out of my mind. That was a daily practice until that thing broke in my mind. But here's what happened. Look at verse 11. It says, then the devil leaveth. How many want to get to a place where the devil has to leave? Well, there it is right there. Where you stand upon the word of God, where you take your authority, where you make a decision, I'm not going to live like the devil. I'm not going to live like my flesh dictates. I'm not going to live like my mind dictates. And I'm not going to abort the plan of God for my life. I'm going to follow the plan of God no matter what. Devil, get out of my mind in Jesus' name. And these two words are the most powerful. Shut up! You have the authority to say shut up to the devil. Everybody say, devil, devil. shut up. Shut up. Say, shut up. shut up. You say, well, what if he says something? Say, shut up again. <laughs> Amen. For everything he tries to put on your mind, in your mind, you ought to have a shut up for that. In the name of Jesus, shut up, devil. Then the Bible says this. People say, well, then how did you get through that period from the time you quit traveling and the time you started Island Church? It's right there in verse 11. Then the devil leaveth. Then the devil, the devil left. We had no church. We had no, we had no uh, 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 field ministry. But, but we had no devil too. The devil was gone. He wasn't tormenting our minds. We had peace. 
And then it says this, then angels came and ministered. We had angels that began to minister financially unto us. We had angels that began to minister peace to our hearts. And we had angels that began to open the door for us to begin to develop what we soon started Island Church with. It was a fight. And it's been a fight to stay here ever since. But the good news is, the more we fight, the stronger we get, and the less ability He has to torment our minds and to get us off and out of the plan and the will of God. Now, now, real quick, go back to, go back to uh, Philippians, where, where Pastor Leo was this morning. Philippians, what was that, Leo, uh, chapter 4? I believe I've got it marked here. Was it chapter 4 you had this morning, Leah? Yeah, here it is. Here it is right here. Now listen to this. Verse 4, Philippians chapter 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Everybody say rejoice. rejoice. Say rejoice. rejoice. Now if we really understood the Word of God, the rejoice is not, yeah, praise God. Actually, rejoice means to jump up in the air turn around in a 360-degree a uh, manner and land on the ground and shout with a shrill voice, Hallelujah! So people say, Rejoice! And people go. <laughs> Maybe one day we'll start rejoicing. Amen? It says, Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. Let me, let me true Greek, be careful for nothing. Do not worry. Everybody say, I'm not going to worry. Say, I'm not going to worry. Say, mind, you're not going to worry. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding. Now, what is the peace of God? The peace of God that passeth all understanding is when you do not understand why you should have peace. Pastor, I'm telling you, it seems like everything's going on in my life. I'm telling, I've got a financial issue. Something's wrong with my health. I don't know what's wrong with the cat. I'm telling you, the car broke down. It's just all this stuff. But all I can say is glory to God. That's the peace that passes understanding. Now, what will it do? Now, this is the good part. Pastor Leah gave us this today. Which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and your minds. I've got to read it amplified. Do not fret. Do not have any anxiety about anything. So what we do is we try to come up with something that's not anything. And I've got a right to worry about this. No, you don't. I like what one preacher said. He was standing on the door stoop with his wife and his two children and they'd been preaching on this subject. And she looked up at him and said, I don't think if I dropped dead and the two kids dropped dead right now, you would worry. He'd say, what good would it do to, be, what good would it do to worry then? Amen. Don't worry about anything. He said, well, what about the Democrats? Don't worry. What about the Republicans? Don't worry. What about the Russians? Don't worry. Don't you know that's what they're trying to do? Get you to worry? Have anxiety? 
They say people are freaking out right now. That, that, that illegal drug sales are off uh, the charts, that, that uh, 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 where it's legal, those drug sales, alcohol, all that kind of stuff, and the entertainment industry is exploding because people cannot live in the reality of what's going on in this day and hour because it creates too much anxiety and stress. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. But in every circumstance, in everything, by prayer and petition, definite request, with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. And, the pea, and God's peace shall be yours. A tranquil state of soul, assured of its salvation through Christ, and so fearing nothing from God, and being content with its earthly lot, of whatever sort that is, that peace which transcends all understanding, now listen to this, shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds. Now here's the deal. God is wanting to build a fort. You ever watch these old westerns where they have a uh, fort Apache, uh, you know, all these. So, so they have what? It's a refuge. There's walls around it. There's safety, there's supply, there's provision, there's a place to rest. It's all inside the fort. Amen. So God is wanting to do what? He's wanting to build a fort around your head. Around your mind. Where in that fort is what? Protection, safety, blessing. You say, well, what is all that? That's the assurance of the Word of God. That He will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He's made provision for your healing, for your prosperity, for your deliverance, for your soul, for your mind, for your spirit. That He is your all in all. The Bible says we are complete in Him and in Him we live and move and have our being. So Pastor, you're just talking about living some carefree, worry-free life where you just, you know, you really just don't care about it. It's not that we don't care about things is we don't let that care get on us. We don't carry that care. We don't worry. We don't have anxiety. We don't have stress. We release it. And then the Lord will give us what? The Bible calls it in Acts chapter 4, times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. Well, that refreshing, it'll come into a church service. It'll come into a prayer service. It'll come into a prayer closet. It'll come into your car. It'll come into your place at your job. We're just the refreshing of the Lord. We'll run And all of a sudden, you'll be walking around thinking, what's wrong with me? I, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really not stressed anymore. I should really be stressed about all these situations and uh, I, you know I kind of feel like maybe something illegal is going on here <laughs> it is it's legal the law of the spirit of life in Christ is setting you free from the law of sin and death now I got one minute you must make application of this to your mind Begin today. Don't walk out of here with the enemy talking to your mind about all kinds of... Don't, don't do that. Walk out of here with that garrison, that guard around your mind. The peace of God. That doesn't mean we're trying to discount anything you're going through. What we're trying to do is get you through it. And get you to the place. I'll never forget the first time I really saw that scripture in Matthew chapter 411 where it says, Then the devil leaveth him, and angels came and ministered unto him. The Lord spoke to me and said, Many Christians never experience that. I know what it's like 
Leo and I have had extended periods of time in our life in which the devil has had no access. No access to our minds, no access to our physical bodies, no access to our... He was just, he was just, our lives, it just seemed like God had cocooned us and we were inaccessible to the devil. Amen? Now those are seasonal times. Then there are seasons in which you're fighting with every weapon God you can find in the Word of God. I mean, you're fighting, you're fighting a physical battle, you're fighting a financial battle, you're fighting, you're always fighting that battle in your mind. You're, you're just standing in faith, believing God. But in the midst of that, God wants to give you the peace of God that passes all understanding. And this is literally the way the Lord put it to me. He said, it is my desire, my great desire, that every one of my children experience extended periods of time in which they have no problem with the devil. That's a fantasy in most Christians' minds. But it shouldn't be. It's the will of God. It happened for His Son Jesus. Now we are in Christ. It should happen for each and every one of us. Hallelujah. Lift your hands up and thank the Lord. Father, we worship You. Lord, how we glorify You this morning. How we magnify Your name. How we exalt you, Lord God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you as we dismiss our service today. As is our tradition, we declare, according to Psalms 91, no evil befalls us. No plague comes in our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. So therefore, Heavenly Father, in our travels, the airways, the highways, the seaways, the railways, any other way of travel of transportation, we declare our protection and safety. All of us have to work. We thank you that in the righteous labor of our hands, handling the resource in which you've given us, we thank you, Lord God. No trauma, no terror, no accidents, no evil plans of wicked men or the devil himself. For we declare we abide under the shadow of the Most High. Lord, as we leave today, just as much as we pray that prayer, we pray this prayer. Open a door of utterance that we may boldly speak your word. Stretch forth your hand to heal. Let signs and wonders be done in the name of your holy child, Jesus. So many people on this island, so many people in Galveston County, so many people up in Houston, places that other people come from, are hurting, are in pain. They have no hope. They have no peace. Let us be an answer to their prayer. Let us be a problem to the devil. Let us be a miracle in people's lives in Jesus' name. Lord, as we leave today, we walk in faith and love towards you, in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be, Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church, we're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.